Welcome to Plaster Negotiations, where none of the debates are legally binding due to technical difficulties, aka someone not explaining 74 of the 76 necessary steps to record on a different platform. We're going to try it the old fashioned way. Now into the B block, now in progress. All right. Oh, God, I died. <laughs> what the hell was that? I don't know. What the fuck? Jimmy <laughs> trying to woo woo like Ric Flair and, and I like, miss you. <laughs> oh, come back and me love you a long time. I I hope so. Yes, yes. So with all that, we're just gonna leave all that in and just get right into it. Because that was <laughs> I couldn't have predicted how wonderful that little exchange was going to be. There's your um, opening segment that they're opening this little Cold open. That was that was God, literally the people going. Exactly, it did. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah, they're going bananas or whatever or gorillas in Paris. Yeah, that was the yeah, name, yeah. right? Yeah. Was... Just in case we do have to restart the episode at this point, um, yeah, technical difficulties, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Caleb's going to lose a lot of episodes, um, and I'm going to just go ahead and take the loss on this episode because the buck's got to stop somewhere, but, you know, is what it is. Um, so, yeah, this week we're talking about college athletics from a uh, multi-tiered perspective, that being uh, Ryan Benner as a former um, NAIA uh, football student athlete uh jeremy phelps with over 10 years of coaching experience and at least one ncaa record coaching at a variety of levels and myself mike stotes teaching at a number of different uh institutions as well as having some background in college athletics particularly on the media production side and then for a stint with the football operations side of things um so if uh we were able to salvage the audio from the first part then you know that's all repeat but screw it you got a nice little segue with with benner uh showing his falsetto i guess uh so there's that that's wonderful yeah okay thank you thank you for all that with all that being said uh let's get into the dos boot topic of the week um so while the likes of Nick Saban treating players to a lake day with boats and other things on a popular cable television network, the life of a coach and athlete is not always glitz, glamour, and letting your defensive linemen ride jet skis while the rest of the state of Alabama, Nick Saban, does not have running water. So thank you for your philanthropy. Jeremy, tell us all about a day in the life of a collegiate coach during the season and off season. So uh, I guess let me start by telling a story because I feel like it's very different as a college. We'll say a sport that we just referred to coach versus uh, any other sport really in, in college athletics. And if we were able to save the audio from the first piece, then, you know, you guys will know which institution in the middle of Afghanistan that I'm referring to. And if not, then, you know, you'll figure it out. But that's okay. Um, 
so we there was a young man uh, at one of these institutions who played said sport that I did not coach, um, who was a wide receiver in whatever sport has that position, and uh, you know would do a really nice job of like going to the cafeteria to like you know go get meals and go into the weight room because you know if you're having meals you got to obviously put on the gains and then you go to practice and you know like we talked about before if you're the 13th wide receiver you know you're eventually going to the nfl so you're just riding the bench waiting your time um but you know it's okay because long story short he thought college was really really easy which for him it was the reason why is because he got until October before any administrator of this institution or coach in this program realized said gentleman does not have a class schedule. Not a single one. Doesn't have to go to a single class any day out of the week. And so point of this being is that if you coach that particular sport, football, um, I don't know what you do as a coach. I really don't because apparently it's not very much. Now, if you coach any other sport that's not football, um, a day in the life of the coach. So in season is pretty straightforward. In season, it is a hell of a lot of film, a hell of a lot of scouting, uh, maybe some live scouting, maybe going to see games. You can't do the Division One level, but Division Two II and Three you can. If you're well funded and successful at Division Two, which we were at Limestone, um, I went to live scout a lot of games, did a lot of time in the car. Um, you know, in season practice planning, if you're a good program, which again, for it was peaks and valleys at Limestone. Some of the good things, though, is that, you know, I really learned that it takes a lot of time to make a really successful practice plan, which we did. We would spend an hour, hour and a half every day working on our practice plans to make sure we're getting the most out of it. Out of season's a little bit different. <laughs> out of season, the majority of your time is spent making sure that your little angels aren't doing stupid shit off the field. Um, I wish you guys could see Jeremy's face when he said little angels it (laughs) really hurt oh I I interviewed in school two weeks ago and I didn't get the job because they suck at life but their mascot is the angels and the athletic director goes so since all of our guys can't always be angels like well um but anyway so uh long story short I'll just say that at, at very bad institutions, academically, it's very different than good institutions. But at the bad academic institutions, we've gone as far as literally having coaches go to players' rooms to wake them up to make sure that they go to class so that they don't fail out of the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, even at good institutions, you know, a lot of time spent, uh, you know, going out to make sure guys are going to classes like i'll stand outside of a class i know five of my guys are in to see if they're getting there five minutes early or as the bell rings um but you know really in the off season it, it's mostly recruiting um 90 of your job in the off season is recruiting because obviously when you get into the season it, it's not something you have a lot of time for not something you really want to try to prioritize you don't have to and so evaluating talent reaching out to talent trying to get in touch with them and, and getting them interested in your program and just building those relationships and then you know, from a head coaching perspective, I think the thing that goes overlooked is there is a lot of fundraising if you're not a Division One football program. Even at the D1, you know, lower sport level, um, even in lacrosse, a lot of fundraising goes into being a head coach at that level. And so, you know, I think it's it's kind of a lot of different things. At Division Three, you wear every hat. And at a lot of D2 programs, you do as well. Um, you know, Limestone, 
we operated like a Division One program. I interviewed at a Division Two program this summer, who is going to be very successful, and I wish nothing but the best. It wasn't the right fit for me, but even at that, at the lower level, you kind of wear every hat. You're doing compliance. You're doing uh, marketing for your own program. You're doing academic uh, advisory and making sure you're having academic meetings with your students. Um, you know, Limestone, we did our study hall differently than it sounds like Benner's program did. The guys that were in study hall, we made them come into the office to do it. We had a giant table in my office. And so any day throughout the week, Monday through Friday, eight to five, you could come in and get your study hall hours in. You had to be there so I could literally watch you do your study hall while I'm doing my job and make sure that you're actually doing it, not dicking around. Um, so really the, the biggest part other than recruiting, you know, more little angels is making sure that your little angels aren't doing stupid shit to get kicked out of the school, the program, or becoming ineligible. And that is 99% of the offseason job on top of being on the field in division two and division one coaching division three, you get 15 practices, which is absolutely nothing and a total joke. Um, but just making sure guys are, you know, being upstanding citizens and actually getting better to be ready for the season. So, Benner, what is it like to be um, both in season and out of season one of these little angels? The the NAIA experience was something fucking else. And this was probably because and it probably wasn't like anything normal or anything out of the ordinary because it was the middle of fucking nowhere, Nebraska. Um, in, I mean, I'll. In season, like it contributed, especially because I was like on redshirting, like only getting only practice time, no game time, except for, like the two JV games that we had. Um, basically, in season, it was go to your classes, um, go to practice. If you have a class, if practice because practice started at um, uh, two thirty every single day. There's some classes that were until three thirty. Um, we were required to leave class and early to yeah we were told to leave practice leave class early go to practice um, holy shit yeah so so you know and when we were late like why are you guys late to warm up uh, class like they're like oh, well why is your class at this time and i was like i don't fucking know ask my fucking athletic device their academic advisor uh so that you know kind of thing um aspects of that um I think during the season, practice schedules, they just were random and never um, consistent. You know, as like beginning of the beginning of the season, they were always afternoon practices. We'd have a couple of uh, 4.30 in the morning to 6.30 practices, um, which fucking sucked. Um, and then when we got into like the like second half of the season, it became nothing before 30 a.m. practices. And that's in a Nebraska November where it's five degrees in the morning at that time. Um, like Jeremy said, there's a lot of film every single day um, that will put you to fucking sleep if you're a red shirt. Because uh, you are like, it's never about you. It's always about like the, the four or five stars. Your position is the same, like three plays for an hour and a half. So it can be very fucking boring. Um, and then, of course, there's the, the weight room sessions at least once or twice um a week uh on tuesdays and thursdays and always on a sunday too at sometimes um mm-hmm. it's, it's always suck is like you want to enjoy your sundays but now nope, you got to go practice and you got to go with lift um 
But I think one of the things that always stands out to me, and this like where I realize that NAIA is something fucking different, is our strength and conditioning coach. He was an ex drill sergeant, and so he ran it like it was boot camp, and I mean legitimately like fucking boot camp because he used the the weight room, um, our weight our lifting sessions as like how quickly can you get this done torture scenario because he would play one song and one song only when we were in the weight room. And it's um in words in Paris. What's that? <laughs> I said in words in Paris. <laughs> no, uh, at least that at least the beat on that one could be motivating because it gets the people going. No, the one song he would play, and the only song he would play over and over again was a few more rednecks by the Charlie Daniels band. And it's the only song. What? <laughs> what kind of schizophrenic bullshit is that? <laughs> They're essentially the same song. Oh my god. So it's the only song you would play and then like we'd be lifting and like when the song would end, he'd be like, What does the world need more, man? And we'd have to yell back, a few more rednecks. And then he'd put the song on again. And it was basically like I got a few more rednecks and they're down in Georgia. And so Or um, in Paris. And so basically it was just like the sooner you get your weight down, the sooner you don't have to listen to this song anymore. Uh, so it, I was out of I'd be out of there that we had the wait room for an hour and a half. I'd be done in fucking 40 minutes. Um but you know that was basically like in season. During the off season, the only experience that I had was just the, the training camp. Uh just because like I said I only did one season. Um training camp started off that they had us um in the middle of the day, what I mean like 1 30 in the afternoon, had us do suicides to see how like what our speeds were at. Um, and if you were like you, it depended like on your position, uh, certain limits that you had to meet. Um, and if you were like one second over that time, you for the for the first week of two days, you had to get up at four o'clock in the morning and go do sprints. Um, I was one second over my time, so I had to go up get up at four o'clock in the morning and go do sprints. Um, mm. I saw a lot of people quit within the first three days. That like there was one dude he um. He he showed up for the first uh, first morning sprints. By the afternoon, he was on the train home. And so, holy crap! Yeah, so it was like two days was it was a lot of film, a lot of lifting, a lot of practice, a lot of just a lot of Nebraska summer heat. Um, we did get one kind of enjoyable day, uh, kind of like Nick Saban's Blake Day, but not even fucking close. Um, was it Corn Day? No. <laughs> It was close to the corn day. It was a fucking water park in the middle of a cornfield. Um, oh, water corn! Let's go <laughs> and that, gotta get that corn water. That day, <laughs> that day started um, like we had the morning practice. We had film and all that. It was, he and he, um, we did our, we did actually do a two a day practice. And then he was like, "You got your morning practice. You both your practices have been shitty. We have a seven thirty practice. So it was going to be a. He made it like it was going to be a three day practice." We show up again after dinner, get back in like fucking gear and all that. And he goes out there and yells at us for 20 minutes. And he's like, now go back into the locker room, take your shit off and go to the water park. Uh, man, that doesn't sound like a, a good, uh, a good favor trade off, really. No, it's it like you, we got in the pads that we've been sweating in at least two different points today. And then you tell us after that, now that we're all heated off. All right, go take them off and jump into fucking cold water. That's yeah. what? 
Yeah, and then it, it it wasn't also even fun from there because when we went there before we could like get on the water slides or diving boards or any of that shit, we had to do twenty minutes of Navy Seal underwater breathing sessions. Um. <laughs> yeah, because you need that in football a lot. When I yeah. played, I used that all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah, guess what? It was from the Fieldmore Rednecks guy. It was his program. Hey, um, if you can breathe in the water, you can breathe on the land. You can also breathe in Paris. <laughs> Um, People are going gorillas. <laughs> and, and so then after we did, like literally after we did that training for like 20 minutes, they're like, okay, go on the water slides. And then a F4 tornado hit, so we had to leave. <laughs> no, protect the corn. <laughs> protect the corn slide, god damn it. So you can take my wife, but you can't take my silo. Because this world needs a few more rednecks, man. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but please continue. This is just wonderful. Song, can we please use that to go in and out of every break for the rest of the show? No, I, yeah, so real talking, I don't even care that we're talking about episode logistics. This is staying in the fucking show. I mean, um, if, if you want to see me have a PTSD meltdown like Bradley Cooper and American Sniper, then sure, but um, yeah, we'll do that. I'll send you the link for the song. No, uh, no, no. It, right here. It's well, on YouTube. What is what it called? What the world needs is a few more rednecks by Charlie Daniels. Okay. Like, um, literally, like if we only have two segments, that's going to be our in between sea break and outro. Hang on, guys. Rednecks. I got to watch McDonald's commercial first. Uh, but yeah. So I mean, well, while Jeremy pulls up the song, I mean, my fuck, my fucking just college football experience is both in season and off season was one of a kind and i'm sure it was nothing like nick saban's um alabama crimson tide or the um clemens tigers it was a fucking shit show yeah because at clemens they had a mandatory bible study um which dabo claimed was part of his religious practice to make other people do that and then motherfucker i would have taken gobble's bible study over charlie daniels for the third time that week yeah <laughs> well yeah because Dabo's bible study is clearly fucking a joke because look at every player ever to come out of clemens to show on exactly right and and even Dabo himself making himself a liar this week by re-signing with clemson well after student athletes are getting paid after you said you would quit if that ever happened like <laughs> they almost lost to georgia tech <laughs> There were fights in the stands over that. I am so excited for this season for Clemens. It's it's going to be wonderful. They My brought in their true freshman or I guess redshirt freshman quarterback after mm-hmm. ukulele already had them up by fucking 10. And everybody in the stands is like, whoa, this guy's 100 times better than DJ. He needs to stop doing Dr. Pepper commercials and just stop playing football. Mm-hmm. Mike, I need you to get back into media and become a college football reporter so you can just ask Dabo the specific question of why he did not keep his promise. I I mean, we could invite him on the show, which I am highly against, but we could. Yeah, but if you're not on the show next week to fight me, then fuck you. <laughs> pussy, <you're losing. laughs> no, just, just tell him, tell him we're with the 700 club and that we're a new podcast at the 700 club. We'll can, we just, can we just send the LSU beat reporter to his next like conference just to be like, hey, Dabo, why are you still coaching? Players are getting, pl- players are getting paid. 
like yeah. just out of the blue when he's like, hey, why are you, you know, 27 minutes late to this 30 minute press conference? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a great question to uh, to ask him. Um, but I guess more more back on the point, Benner, uh, what uh, what other aspects other than um, corn water parks and such and two a days and uh, a, a wonderful wide array of musical choices for uh, conditioning? Um, have uh, what else did you experience as a student athlete? Um, well, I mean, in the NAIA, there is like like a lot of NCAA programs that like have stupid money. Uh, we didn't have like a health bar, or like we didn't have um nutritionist or anything. We were just oh, go to the uh, uh, go to the cafe, and you know, some that was. Some of the so it was a Dexo, so it was ungodly. Some of the worst food I've ever had in my oh, life. Oh yeah, they're and not I'm good. Pre- and I'm pretty sure I gained twenty pounds even with doing football practice every single day. Oof. Um, um. At the same time, um, my athletic trainers were fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> oh no, what happened? Because they can't diagnose for shit. Um, because there was one morning, um, uh, four 30 AM practice, we were doing special teams and I made a cut. I lost my, when I made a cut, I lost my feet, my, my balance. I went straight down into my, my t- drove my knee directly into the ground. Um, couldn't get up, was thriving in pain. Um, no one came over and helped me. I don't think anyone actually saw that I was on the ground. Um, I finally forced myself up and limped and collapsed on the sideline. The head athletic trainer looked at me and was like, are you hurt? <laughs> and no. I, I, I was just like yeah it's my fucking knee and she was like you don't get a minute. like i don't know what you're yelling i was like i just laid over there for 10 minutes um whoa 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 sir you gotta check your tone before you get fake injured in front of me yeah what that's the ba- hell that's basically what they said um at the um when we got after that practice, okay, I'll, I'll look at it. I'll look at it after practice. So like we're like we're in session right now. I'm like okay, that's fine. I'm not going back out there. Um, so at the end of practice, she like looked at it for a good five minutes, and she's like, "Well, I feel your ACL, and like I feel your and like I feel everything. I'll feel the ligaments. Um, your knee's fine. I think you just have the deepest bone bruise I've ever seen." ACLs are like birds; they're not real. Apparently, <laughs> oh, mine wasn't, but. Um, um, if you blow it out, it doesn't exist anymore. It's not real. No, I mind a hamstring now. Um, but, <laughs> Welcome um, to yeah. old age, dude. It's going to be your back pretty soon. It already is. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but is. yeah, no, so going, going back to it, like that bone bruise, whatever the fuck it was. Oh, I know. I found out what it was years later, um, and I'll dive into bone that bruise. in a second. Uh, but that bone bruise uh, lasted five months. Um, yeah, so it was well, definitely a little bit more than that. Um, at this, uh, what it ended up being is like two or three years later, I did end up tearing my ACL after I had repaired surgery. Um, they did, did some more MRIs and I talked to the doctor and he was just like, and this was the same knee that I hurt that day in practice. He was like, did you know you tore your meniscus? Do you have a bunch of cartilage built up? Oh my God. So they misdiagnosed the tor- they missed my athletic, athletic trainers misdiagnosed a torn meniscus as a bone bruise. And I walked on it for five months. Fun fact: um, Did you guys know you can play on a torn meniscus and a torn ACL? Yep. It's very painful, and I wouldn't recommend it. But you actually can play an entire season on a torn ACL if you want I to. Practiced on a torn meniscus and didn't know. Um, 
that goes back to the hopefully recovered audio bit of Mormons and heroin bit, you know, so <laughs> insert whatever joke you want there. You know what we're getting at. Continue um, better. But then even going back to the going back to this, this whole like um, staff and this is you're going to like this one, Mike, because it's a repeating topic on this show. Um, one of our uh, juniors, he got his fifth concussion in three years and he, oh, and he made the self choice. I'm going to retire. Like I'm done. I don't want any more. Um, head coach got pissed at him for it. That he was uh re- retired, like done with college. He was like, I don't want to play anymore. Like, I don't want to take the risk. And he's like, but like we need you at corner. No, dude, you had 12, you're NAI. You have 12 more secondary points. This dude's got five concussions. He wants to stop playing. Don't get pissy with him that he wants to stop. And so then they offered him like, well, we still want you in the program. Do you want to be like a GA? And so they just wouldn't let him like walk away from the sport when he was concerned about his health. Jesus Christ. That, so that's awful. By the way, this is NEIA. We're not D1 NCAA. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have too many coaches fist fighting in the locker room, I would assume. It's about in NAIA. As soon as the Power Five decides to start their own football division conference thing that's not the ncaa it'll all be the same i mean uh, the uh the national uh football championship is basically run and owned by the power five so you can make that argument already it's true so anyways continue benner um i mean that's basically all i can talk on i don't want to keep just going on i it's just it was not the best experience um i chose to leave the program for my own personal reasons um the head coach wasn't too happy about me leaving. Um, the only way I could really calm him down was like, well, let like, can I just like finish out the practice? Cause we only had like a week, week more practice. Cause like the way, like, and he was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. And then he was on my good side again. But he, when I told him that I was leaving the school and going back to Colorado for personal reasons, like he gave me like a good, like 10 minute fucking earful yelling at me and like how I'm failing myself. Hmm. Um, and now and, you have a master's degree. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds really very failed. similar to a head lacrosse coach who used to be at Afghanistan and now works down at, you know, the University of Tampa. So, you know, it, it happens. Um, yeah. I mean, and the only other thing I touched on is because we mentioned study hall is uh, study hall. We had to go like specific times and it was like um, the study hall was only open at specific times and it wasn't even in the library it was in the basement of the counselor's office um and it's like you had to sign in for a time and you had to actually um be doing something that even if you like you looked at your uh phone once it like canceled out your two hours and it didn't count for that week it was fucking weird dude mm-hmm. um you know it, it felt like i was like byu it's for some weird rules <laughs> no coffee in the study hall lounge yeah basically um so just the way they did things you know this specific school in nebraska i just don't know if they were just kind of cut off in the world of how they did things but it was a very nonchalant everyday life of a student athlete hmm. gotcha gotcha uh so i guess one thing that i I could realistically add to this and not coming from a faculty perspective, but um, like a football GA perspective. Um, and again, it was D three, you know, it, not many people are going to go pro ever from a D three school, but um, day in the life there, 
<laughs> it probably the scariest day there was when a tornado line was heading through our practice and the coach knew it was coming and waited till the last second to uh, call it. And like, literally we had to run into basically the line of tornado that was coming at us. Um, uh, one other thing too, like, you know, I was the film guy because I, I always enjoyed cameras and such got it from my grandfather, but um, you know, I was up on a perch middle of nowhere, you know, filming stuff. So at least the football players had a little bit of a chance and I'm just up there tearing down this camera while, you know, everything's going on. And like, as I'm doing that before the coach takes off running, he, he just yells up, Hey Stones, you get their last play. Yeah. Coach be safe. Hypocrite. What? <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that was fun. Um, but in general, like, you know, similar to Benner, you know, had to be there obviously for the two a day sessions and such. And uh, at D3, I worked in a lot of different areas. You know, I mentioned earlier that I ended up helping out with special teams um, a little bit and also um, ended up helping with equipment too. So what ended up, what started off as like a, a video GA and analysis type GA turned into just this smorgasbord of being absorbed into the program slowly but surely and at at least one point when i was staying it was about one o'clock in the morning after an away game and uh, i was trying to get all the video cut up and such um this cop comes into the building and um well let's just say i had a a stash of uh, plastered negotiations uh, sitting nearby and he walks by my office and I'm just kind of kicked back, you know, editing this stuff. There was a controller I could do it with and I'm holding, holding this uh, may or maybe not uh, Bud Light looking at him. And he said, tough loss today, huh, son? I said, yes, sir, officer. He's like, you know, we're a dry campus. Yes, sir. It's like, but by my clock, it's after hours. So, um, Drive safe. I actually walked here today, sir. He said, that's even better. Walk home safe. Let me know if you need an escort. So um, that, that was an interesting moment from that. And with all that, because I don't really have all too much else to add, we're going to go ahead and take our last break of the show. But when we come back, and my God, I'm really fucking excited for this week's. We are going to continue on with our latest segment, the Giuseppe Strombole Redo of the Week. There's no bang noodle. But there's a lot of the bang noodle. <laughs> there's also a lot of Alabama and a lot of goats in this session, in this rendition. Oh my God. It's just a crazy story in and of itself. And well, some of us have been pre-gaming, so it's going to be wonderful. Um, Hell yeah. Then, some of us have been during gaming, too, so, you know. Well, yeah, that's part of the show. <laughs> then, afterwards, as always, we will end with our Alex Moran Player of the Week. You're listening to Plaster Negotiations. Stay tuned. One look, I'm hooked, Give me a hell, give me a yell Stand up right now 
Bienvenidos a Plaster Negotiations, where none of the debates are legally binding. And it's fucking time. In honor of the phenomenal rebranding of a famous magic story out of the United Kingdom turned Italian-American bang noodle wielding, and probably from New Jersey, wizard. Our next segment is the Giuseppe Stromboli Redo of the Week. The premise is simple. I give a scenario to the panel happened in recent memory. This week, we, we play fast and loose with that. So, you know, bear with us because I think it's fun. Uh, the panel determines how they would change the execution of said plan. Just saying don't do the scenario is an immediate loss. This week, we go into the minds of not one, but the two goats. In late August of 2022, Deputy Casey Thrower of the Madison County Sheriff's Office in Alabama, uh, basically my old stomping grounds, which makes this story so much more funny, was serving uh, papers in a civil suit to a resident in basically the sticks of Alabama, so backwoods, when a pair of goats began to feast on the ever-delicious government subpoenas and other paperwork. While one goat kept lookout on the hood of Thrower's police cruiser, the other goat entered the driver's side door, which was left ajar because the officer in question would try and run away from people who were sicking their dogs on said officer when he tried to serve paperwork. So it makes sense, except, you know, he didn't have a partner. So stores wide open goat goes in the other goats doing lookout. The goat in the car obviously begins to feast. So we're going to start this one off. Jeremy, if you were managing the goat duo and like you could enter their brains and make them do whatever you want. I mean, we could pretend this is like the goat Sims um, feast on subpoenas edition. How would you ensure that both you and your goat brethren maximize your time and diet of tasty, tasty government documents classified or otherwise? So I have two options here. Uh, I'm going to continue to give multiple choices in the Giuseppe segment. Option number one is that they went to the wrong government organization to have tasty, tasty documents. Ooh. Now, while a government subpoena in a cop car is probably very delicious, there's not a lot of them. Cops are, for the most part, hanging out in Dunkin' Donuts or, you know, just, I don't know, not doing their job. Whatever. <laughs> Point being, yes. Second. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of paperwork to be had there. Where do you need to go to get a job? And this is going to go back to my last Giuseppe segment, wearing a suit and a tie. Where do you need to go, suit and tie clad, in order to get all of the delicious government documents you want to have? The IRS. Rather than trying to break into a cop car while there's a cop with a gun who's probably like, he's got a cell phone, shoot! Uh, <laughs> that, or you might get taken down. What you can do is get a very low-paying but great-benefited government job working for the Internal Revenue Service where, yes, in 2022, people do still submit paper documents. Guess what? Fun fact for anybody who doesn't know it about the IRS. You know what happens? They just make numbers up. 
nobody <laughs> actually cares what the paperwork says. You can eat every single one that comes across your goat desk, and it won't make a difference because if you audit somebody, they can't fight it. So it doesn't matter. That is option number one. Option number two is more of a long-term plan, but I think it also makes sense and does work. Now, Stos and I were in college around the time the first recession hit in our lifetime. Um, and in the that first period of, four. of time, the first of a lot, you know, in that period of time, basically what happened was Detroit as a city got so low income yes. that people couldn't afford thousand dollar houses. And so bears would just break in and live in their houses. Now you say, Phelps, hang on. You've had some Montuckies. What are you thinking right now? Where does this go? Well, the housing market's insane right now, which means a recession is starting very soon. If I'm a goat and I don't own a nice enough tie to get hired by the IRS, what do I do? I wait for the recession and then I take a Greyhound bus to Detroit. And when people can't afford to go to thousand dollar houses and just leave, I go eat all of their paper because nobody lives there anymore. And there is bound to be government documents galore there. Um, thank you for that wonderful example. Uh, and I should also mention too, that there is an IRS like field house in Huntsville, which is in Madison County. So like these goats don't have to go too far from home for your first plan of attack to work out. Um, Case in point, problem solved, mic drop. I'm so glad you didn't drop your Montucky. That would have been just I can't yet. It's 12 ounces of refreshment. It is. It is. Oh, the tuck. Oh, the tuck. All right. Ryan Benner, how are you going to control this goat duo and maximize your uh, time and diet of eating government documents? Y'all ready to get put on an FBI watch list? If we haven't been already. They don't see the chameleons. They don't see me. Let's go. Fair enough. So my mindset, it's kind of, you know, Jeremy, Jeremy and I are kind of in the same boat with his with his plan A. However, I'm not stopping at the fucking IRS. These goats now have a taste uh, for for government property. So... They now have a taste for treason. <laughs> they have a taste. I feasted on government documents. I'm never going back. <laughs> the ink. Here's the, here's the thing. Hey, look, like you correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong. You said that this happened like in the backwoods of Alabama, correct? Yeah, just last week. It, it was near the Tennessee-Alabama border in Madison County. So maybe you're driving 30 minutes north of Huntsville, you know, at the most. All right. We're starting to get into a place where if you start hearing ban banjos, you turn the fuck around. All right? Um, those motherfuckers have enough time in their hands. Like, you take those goats and you train an army of goats. Like, we're talking like mm. South like South Park, Scott Scott Fetterman must die like pony biting the wiener off type training. You train these fucking goats to take down any government individual, any government property, and start taking out government buildings. We're starting with the post office. We're starting with the DMV. We're going after the IRS. We're going to wake our way up until no one pays taxes anymore. Fucking anarchy. <laughs> fucking anarchy brought on by the goats army of Backwoods, Alabama. Nice. Nice. Okay. I came up with three solutions and they've kind of been covered. We'll go least fun to the most fun. Um, so the first one is a total grab and go scenario where 
instead of one goat keeping lookout and kind of peacocking like what up bro i'm on your fucking police cruiser what are you gonna do about it uh instead um both goats in the car doing damage which goes into the second well which uh no 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 that that's mainly the first plan second plan for a second here are they are they stealing the car like one goat's hitting the gas while the other one has his paws <laughs> on the steering wheel and they're like going no. to pick up more subpoenas as they drive around alabama because some dude in the office there is like shoot bo you don't look like bubba but hell here's another subpoena for you well, yeah it, this is why I like doing these things collaboratively because they build on each other. I was just like, <laughs> no, the goats go in and like bite down on the documents and run away like a fucking idiot. No, we need the goats fucking driving a police cruiser and going to other people like whoever the court martial is that hands out the subpoenas like, oh, man, you know, you don't look like Bubba. But you do smell like him and you talk <laughs> like him. Um, <laughs> I hey. Oh, you got a little friend down below. You got hey, the it's most okay. Beautiful hair. You must use that 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 shampoo. And <laughs> so, you know, I I trust you. You look like a trustable gentleman. Here's all of the government documents for the whole state. Next Man. thing you know, next thing you know, you got Charles Daniels with a new a new song. What this world needs is a few more red goats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> a few more yep. goat next. <laughs> more. <laughs> no hair on the head but hair all over the neck front and back it's awful it's just a bad sight um yes absolutely um so yes that's number one uh number two what was a lot more sadistic i think i was having a bad day when i wrote up this one um it was basically to have the goats um train with each other to attack a target like with one swoop and then immediately go into a flanking position as the guy turns to him <laughs> while the other goat comes up and does the same thing. Basically, you're killing the police officer. You're doing which the armadillo. You're going it, yeah. full armadillo. There's like a dude with the papers in the middle and like seven goats surrounding him armadilloing him. Mm -hmm. Right. Stokes, right. They, ha Stokes, they have a taste for government property. <laughs> they have a taste for government property. But a lust for treason. Exactly. <laughs> we will not rest until there's a goat in the house chewing on Nancy Pelosi's gavel. <laughs> Hide your government officials. The goats are coming. I think these plans compound. Hear me out. Hear me out. There's a lot of goats in Alabama, right? Exactly. They get to a point where they have a lust for government treason. And they have a lust for government property. And they learn that one can hit the gas while the other one drives the steering wheel. You can't tell me they can't they get driver's license for every different goat in Alabama from the DMV there. How close are they looking? Why, why, I, do, you think, why do you think in my plan they're going to the DMV early? We got to get the identification. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. You have to get it. And I am so glad you gentlemen brought up all those points because they flowing so perfectly with the third one the true giuseppe moment you form a goat fucking mafia megazord wait yeah same thing <laughs> yeah yeah they both start with an m and we're in the alabama so it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah absolutely you trained these goats i mean you have you know the redo of the sopranos which i guess is the billies would that be it 
I think that would be it. Um, then you would have, you know, obviously the goat father, um, you know, all of these like crime shows to, you know, lessen uh, humans to the effects of goat on government crime, which it will in the future be referred to as. Then you train this mafia to go fucking ham on so many people who are like, well, I'm going to leave my door open because I live in a great place. Oh, fuck. There goes my police cruiser and government documents while I'm simultaneously raining people. Because the wind's much cheaper than the air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. God, between all three of these, once again, another phenomenal redo plan. Um, I think we're going to take over the world soon, gentlemen. And I, I, I think we're going to be on, it's going to be on the backs of goats. I need to see. I need to see a, a redo of the Sopranos opening with just goats driving um, suburbans <laughs> in New Jersey. Woke up this morning, got yourself some trash. Man, <laughs> I mean, it'd be great. It'd be great. We we might need to do that. The sad thing is how realistic all these things are for the state of Alabama, right? Like, Stotesy knows, I've told him this story a hundred times, but when I was coaching at Limestone, I went to Montevallo to scout a game because they were playing St. Leo. It was like a six-hour drive, so I'm like four hours into this drive when I crossed into Alabama, and it's like I've been driving through like Tennessee, and I go down to Alabama. I stop at a Zaxby's, which is a delicious chicken joint, and mm. as I go in there, I'm like, I got to pee. I just need a little bit of food before I go watch this game because the game's like an hour. And I go in there, and I order – and I'm like, hey, by the way, ma'am, um, also, this is going to be a weird question, but what time zone am I in right now? Like, have I crossed into Central or am I still in Eastern? And she stares at me and she goes, um, I got to ask my manager. <laughs> and so her manager comes out and she's like, uh, yeah, Becky, Lindy, Sue, Renessa said that you have a question. And I'm like, yeah, uh, I just want to know what fucking time zone I'm in. And she goes, you're in central time. I'm like, that's what I thought. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> and that was the end of that interaction. <laughs> so if you're going to start a goat mafia anywhere, Alabama is honestly the place to do it. Oh, I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying there's already enough hatred for the government and ATF and all that stuff out there in the backwards of Alabama. You you can you can find enough people to train these goats and help you build this army. But you see, I would fact. not want human intervention on, in this. Do I want this to be a fact that nobody's told the goats in Alabama that the government's going to take their guns. <laughs> they might already form on their own. <laughs> <laughs> That's what these goats were doing. I'm pretty like there was a subpoena. We don't know what that subpoena was for. It probably could have been for guns. The goats were ready to fight. All, all I'm saying is you get the people to train the goats, and then once you have control of the goats, you turn them on the trainers. You know, Benner makes a really good point. Do we know who the subpoena was going to? No, because we don't. it could have very well been going to, like, Bubba's guns. And if it was going to Bubba's guns to shut him down for selling to minors, maybe they did it on purpose. It had nothing to do with the lust for government property. It had everything to do with trying to keep guns in the great hoofs of goats. Dude, I, I mean, you bring up a, a really scary point here. Like... <laughs> On the very offshoot chance that A, this happened, and the more offshoot chance that B, the person who trained these goats is listening to this show, we are fucked. Like, or, 
We're going to walk outside. Or the rest of the world's fucked, but we're good. <laughs> we just supported him and tried yeah. to give him new ideas into his probably very narrow mind. Yeah, well, I'll get an email like on Monday or something, and it's just like, hi, Bo, I got you something. And then I'll open my office door and there'll just be a goat staring. It's going to be from the woman at Zaxby's who doesn't know what time zones are. <laughs> <laughs> this is from the Alabama time zone. Got it. <laughs> What time zone am I in? America, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. We're going to get killed by goats now. This whole podcast was such a bad idea. (laughs) You know, hey, I'm just saying, like, and I may be the only one to know this because, like, I I don't know between the three of us, I may be the one that plays video games the most. Have you guys ever heard of the video game Goat Simulator? Yes, yeah, I play them a good bit too. It's uh, a very serious thing that people play. Yeah, you play as a goat and you cause as much destruction as you can. So if you want, like a makes sense. If you've ever so, there's some very smart goats in the world. There's one in this Cheyenne Mountain Zoo in Colorado that can literally take a treat and then it spins with its hand like a tire wheel, and the treat comes up for it to eat. But if you've ever looked at goat right in the eye, they have the most fucked up eyes in the animal kingdom. They are devil eyes. It's they're like you remember Men in Black where the dude had like lizard eyes. They're like that. They're like here comes the goats in gray. <laughs> here comes the Billy Goat. Everybody knows Billy Goat's just a, a less cordial version of a William Goat. So uh, yes, yes, yes. With the well, William Goat being the uh, class A's of the Goat Kingdom, but the ones wearing the tuxedos. But going back to my point, I think the goat simulator, it just shows the capable of destruction that these things have done. So now we've kind of just have pushed for people to unleash it. Oh, yes. Well, hey, if that's the thing that sends the entire world in to uh, a constant state of chaos. I'm OK and with it. Ragnarok. Well, so be it. I'm OK with it. I can definitely get behind it. There's ways there's worse ways to go out. Yeah. And then when everybody gathers at whatever um whatever your preferred uh afterlife first destination is, of course. Every everyone else's is wrong, but yours is correct because it is. Um and when everybody gathers there and they say, you know, here's how the whole world ended. It's because these three fuckers started a goat treason revolution, and that's why every single nuclear warhead on the planet went off. While all these goats are eating subpoenas in multiple different countries. Yeah, that's okay. I think we can answer for that collectively. Remember, remember the 9th of September, the goat powder treason was formed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh. (laughs) You're going to get a new graphic novel. Instead of V for Vendetta, it's going to be B for Bad. <laughs> I was thinking uh G I was thinking G for Gregory's gonna fuck you up. Oh that's that's the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> I think B for bad is very good. That is just fucking wonderful. You know, it, it's like goats shouldn't fear their people. People should fear their goats. 
you know, and one of them's just wearing the fucking V for Vendetta mask, and oh yeah, it's gonna be wonderful. He's just a goat <laughs> running around, and there's another one with Natalie Portman's shaved fucking head on. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna start <laughs> you're gonna start seeing goat uh, goat um favoritism propaganda and it's just going to be the scenes from jurassic park of them feeding the goat to the tyrannosaurus rats and it's just, and it's just the goats are going to learn to speak english and they're going to be like look what they have done to our brothers and sisters <laughs> this is why we do this segment for this stupid fucking shit also lie. why we do it last because two hours of drinking has gotten us here Yes, absolutely. We're talking about goat propaganda. Podcast I'm throwing out right now that I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to pregame for three hours before we start our podcast before we make it big because we owe it to the people. We (laughs) we really do. Holy crap! What listener? Thank you for joining us on this corn themed fucking water park roller coaster. That involves fucking goats. <laughs> Holy shit, boys. I love it. And we still got the Alex Moran player of the week. That's as good a segment as any. Oh, okay. We're centered. Each week. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> in Billy's world right now. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, all right. We do this thing. It's the Alex Moran player of the week. Criteria is simple. We're looking for an individual, be them goat or otherwise, who wants to live their best life, the true backup life, all the glory, none of the work. Ryan, Benner, and all of your goat glory. Who is your nomination for the Alex Moran Player of the Week? My Alex Moran Player of the Week is going to be the goddamn like um, NFL marketing team. Um, specifically after last night's uh, season opener, the tagline for this for the game was "We like to football." First off, that's not even correct proper fucking English. Second off, so clearly somebody that played football at the University of Alabama is now in charge of the marketing team. So Bob Cody running the NFL marketing. <laughs> Those are the Bob only Cody words he can spell. Football. Everybody on prime like the football. So there's also a second time, a, a second, a second line they use, and it was, uh, "It feels good to football." Neither one of these. Are no, probably- it doesn't. <laughs> neither one of these are proper fucking english um second off like mike just said it does not feel good to fucking football because first off depends on where you go you could end up in the middle of a goddamn cornfield doing navy seal breathing treatment while a tornado's coming down <laughs> second right? off second Can we off, also talk about the fact that thursday night football has their own ball that they've recreated for the purpose of their sport yeah, we covered that last week. They're not actually using it. It's like a marketing ploy to get Amazon a little bit more involved in the game or whatever. It's, because it's Amazon fucking needs, stupid. Because Amazon just needs to be involved in our life even more, you know? Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, for fuck's sake, no, it does not feel good to, to football. Like, it's a sport that causes brain damage where you're fucking eating through a goddamn straw before you turn 30 fucking five. It doesn't feel good. That's coming from me. I played that shit for 17 seasons. Get fucked, NFL. Fuck you, Roger. 
pretty great Alex Moran player of the week. It, it, it really is. It really is. You know is. how you live the backup life? You play football. <laughs> because you're backup in brains. <laughs> and you're on a and you're on a roster with 80 people. Exactly. Exactly. So we like football. This is Benner's we, we like the football. <laughs> it feel good football. <laughs> See the, Jesus you know, Christ, get the goats ready. You know, We're going after the NFL first. Uh, <laughs> I'm down for that, but I'm also starting to realize the old dude from the Water Boy, who's assistant coach, he just wasn't back. He just wasn't a backwards hillbilly. He just played football enough. The concussions got to him. He was the future of the fucking NFL, and it was right there. Adam Sandler's a goddamn genius. We already have that in football. Have you never seen Ed Orgeron talk? <laughs> yeah, I do a I do a tremendous impersonation of him. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear you say the NFL marketing taglines as uh, former Coach O. Well, here here at LSU, we like the football. It feels good, the football. We practice LSU football on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and we are going to take on Nick Saban in the Alabama freaking Tide this Sunday. Roll Tigers. Roll Tigers. <laughs> oh, my God. Somehow it makes it worse. Oh, that's great. This is fun, so out of control, and I'm fucking here for all of it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All right. So, Jeremy, how are you going to follow up? We uh, like football. If we go football. I have three this week, but I'm going to make the first. <laughs> I'm going to make all of them very short to not take too much time. The first one is going to roll into football, as is the last. The middle one will not. Now, the first one is very straightforward. Gene Chizik is, in the truest sense of the word, an Alex Moran backup. So Gene Chizik, for I would assume everybody watching this podcast, understands his backstory, right? You know, head football coach at Auburn, wins the national title because he had 1,700 recruiting violations at Auburn, gets that title stripped. Now he's the defensive coordinator at the University of North Carolina. Now, University of North Carolina, fun fact, uh, is a very good football team, despite what the ratings say. Um, love them or hate them, and I'm not a Carolina fan, but Mac Brown's a good football coach. He's got a good program there. I lost a lot of money betting last weekend. Uh, fucking Old Dominion trapping people in the fucking elevator is a bullshit tactic to win a game, but not important right now. So long story short, uh, Gene Chizik is the defensive coordinator at the University of North Carolina. Now, going into the fourth quarter, North Carolina has a 41-21 to 21 lead. I had a lot of money on this game to get back what I'd lost because of Old Dominion. Then App State proceeds to score 40, 4-0, 40 fourth-quarter points. The Appalachian State SoCon Conference Mountaineers on North Carolina, who is an ACC program. Gene Chizik is in the most Alex Moran true-to-form player of the week and Alex Moran backup because he should never fucking coach football again. I could hold App State to 28 in the fourth. Fuck you, Gene Chizik. They did <laughs> win. I won my bet. It's okay. I'm just I, – I hate him as a human now. Now, my second one is a young lady by the name of Ty Emery. Ty Emery is a young lady from Australia. 
she started modeling at the age of 18, played in the lingerie football league for a little while, has always seen herself as very athletic. Now she's in bare-knuckle UFC fighting, which is apparently a thing. Uh, this thing is called BKFC, Bare Knuckle Fights. I'm assuming club is what the C stands for. Don't really know. Anyway, not important. Uh, so she wins her fight, her first in her career, and wins it by knockout, and then proceeds to run to the edge of the ring, jump on the ring, as professional fighters do, and flash the crowd, the whole crowd. Uh, as a result, her OnlyFans page has boomed in ratings. Now, there's mm -hmm. something that goes missed in this story. Her training camp, because it's not cheap to stay at a UFC gym for months on end, you have to pay a lot of money, and a lot of times you have the money to do it. It's like CrossFit on steroids. Her training camp was funded by former pornographic film actress Kendra Lust. So, young lady flashes the crowd, OnlyFans page booms. As a result, former porn star funds it. Alex Brand Player of the Week, because you're probably never fighting again. You're just going ahead and make money off your uh, OnlyFans page now. But that is not my Alex Moran Player of the Week. That is two of three. Now, my Alex Moran Player of the Week, who tops both of those, is a young man by the name of Ricky Hampton. Now, Ricky Hampton is a gentleman from Dallas, Texas. Ricky Hampton is a up-and-coming rapper who goes by the name Finesse, spelled incorrectly, to the number two times, spelled T-Y-M-E-S. Finesse, missing an S, two times. Now, you know, the rap game is all about street cred, clout, and trying to get your name out there. There's an issue, is that if you don't live that lifestyle, you're going to get called out. Now, Mr. Hampton goes to a nightclub in Dallas wearing an Ezekiel Elliott jersey. Big name in Dallas. A lot of people are Zeke fans. People love Zeke. He's great. I'm not an Ohio State fan, but people love Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas. Now, the issue is that Ezekiel Elliott happened to be at this nightclub the same time that Mr. Hampton was at this nightclub. They get to talking. Zeke talks about the fact that he's wearing a Zeke jersey. Now, it turns out that Mr. Hampton had no idea who Zeke was or what he looked like. Bro. So, as a result... Ricky Hampton, in an Ezekiel Elliott jersey, gets into a verbal and possibly physical altercation with Ezekiel Elliott over the fact that he didn't know who Ezekiel Elliott was. That is my Alex Moran Player of the Week. Oh, my gosh. You, you want some more backstory on that, Jeremy? I would love <laughs> yes. some backstory here better. Please do. Zeke was drunk off his fucking ass. There's vi there's video of him in that club. Oh, he started it. I'm well aware. Yo, he started. There's videos of him. He just buying up champagne bottles and just pouring them on women and in the club and just pouring them all over. He is fucking prompt to no God's end. And now, now he goes over and he's fighting with a dude over his jersey. Yeah, over his jersey. But... I'm simply saying, from the Alex Moran Player of the Week side of things, if you're going to wear a guy's jersey, oh, yes. at least have some idea of who he is. Especially when that motherfucker calls you out after he's probably had six champagne bottles in his system. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, and I would argue for Ty Emery. I mean, that that's marketing. It is? That's... She 
she came out and said, I, if I win more fights, I will have more off the wall celebrations, which I don't know. Is she going to show her hoo-ha next time? Like, <laughs> so hey, on, on that note, did I hear correctly? Did that, that, uh, circuit was called BKFC? Yeah. Bare knuckle fight, I guess, club, I would assume. I, um, it's horrible that I really went to bear Kentucky fried chicken. Yeah, you might need to uh, delete your uh, Google search history on that one. Air Kentucky Fried Chicken, we have all the naked breasts. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all your cousins. It's a wonderful (laughs) thing. All right. So, my Alex Moran Player of the Week. um, And I think the funniest part about my Alex Moran Player of the Week is during the break, and God, I hope I could save the fucking audio for this so I could put it right after. (laughs) Like, literally, Benner looks at his phone and reads it off. During the fucking break, like in between when we were trying to live stream. Oh my gosh. But anyways, even though these two already know who it is, I'm going to say it anyways. Um, It's Walter White. um, And not the one that's on TV, but the actual real life named Walter White dude. In 20... um, Oh, when the hell was it? Um, I believe it was in 2013 or 2012. Um, a man in Alabama once again. Maybe this is the Alabama episode. I, I don't know. Did he own goats? Yes. Uh, no. Well, maybe. I don't know. He, it was not mentioned in the article, but it really should be. He um, owned one, and it was named Jesse. <laughs> yeah, and that was not the goat who knocks. But um, this this guy Walter White, the real Walter White, in person. He was an Alabama meth slinger who was sentenced to 12 years in prison way back when Um, he got nine years for crystal meth. um, And I'll get to the uh, poundage. And I do mean poundage of meth that he was estimated to sell as well as having a cache of um, unregistered and illegal weapons, which added three years to his term. So 12 years to be uh, served, uh, First, the crystal meth charge, then the weapons charge. So this Walter White, on top of almost getting to the point where he could foreseeably go up for parole or be released for um, good behavior, before he went to jail, he was shot by his son <laughs> over... White Jr. <laughs> right? Right? Uh, the article also didn't say... Uh, whether or not uh, Walt Jr., as we'll refer to him here, um, was also disabled or not. Um, But he was shot by his real-life son over a 100 grand dispute, and throughout his career it was estimated that Walter White IRL slung about 33 pounds of freakout candy. 33 fucking pounds pounds and years later we're mentioning this guy because it was such an off offbeat news week that we had to say something and then unfortunately of course the queen of england died and it we actually had news this week of course so an r.i.p to the crown so moving forward we're doing the walt jr shootout i mean shout out of the week (laughs) (laughs) where where he made his mistake is Instead of distributing himself, he should have gone through the Breasted Kentucky Fried Chicken Fight Club. Giuseppe. <laughs> Giuseppe's Trombone Player of the Week. Real life Walter White. 
How would I have done it differently? Had Tay, whatever her fucking name is, flash the crowd while I take the fucking meth behind him. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been like the, um, oh, what was it? The World Cup jerseys that they had uh, it, down in South Africa, where like when you slung up the jersey over your head, it had the Kings logo, but instead it's just Walter White's face with, <laughs> I am the meth that knocks. And then like two goats off to the side to know that he's got, you know, a force behind him. He's got a mafia behind him. <laughs> this Bad show, bitch. <laughs> oh, now, what I have redone in Giuseppe style the Walter White math logo. Uh, I would have gone ahead and had a goat mafia behind me. <laughs> it, it, it's, instead of the drawing, you put the sunglasses and the hat on the goat. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. The horns sticking through the hat. Yes, like the ears and like the horns and everything just in the back. <laughs> oh my gosh this yeah so this podcast has all of a sudden become the uh giuseppe plaster negotiations redo of the week um giuseppe wants to sponsor us i'm not gonna say no say my name heising goat <laughs> you're goddamn right <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh just a wonderful thing just a wonderful thing. Before signing off, we want to thank from ashes to new motionless and white foo fighters, the boss, Bruce Springsteen, 10 years, Blackstone Cherry, The Devil Makes Three, Rev Theory, Avenge Sevenfold, Guns and Roses, and the Rolling Stones as our break intro and outro, Muzaks, etc. Find them on iTunes or any reputable Muzaks dealer at in the job de- or job description. <laughs> We're not posting jobs in the episode. Yeah, Yeah, no, not yet. Not yet. We don't make money yet, but that's okay. We'll get there. Yeah, there's time. In the episode descriptions, we post every week our college football pickems as well as the leaderboard, which right now is quite the surprise on one end. Um, Our weekly wins total, our own Jeremy Phelps on the program with us currently at one win. Um, Caleb McChesney won week one. Um, And we also have a tiebreaker for the weird last game each week. Caleb McChesney has crushed that in winning both week zero and week one. Like one in week zero. I actually didn't even follow. You won. Yeah, you won in week zero. Caleb won. Like week zero was that first week. Down your dog. No, I'm talking about just the tiebreaker. Oh, just the tie. Who won like the tie? The division two game from the state of Florida that we put on here. I don't know who actually won that game. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I well, who did? Who really did? I don't um, even remember who played. It was two weeks ago, and I was very drunk when I picked it. Yeah, uh, Florida Memorial ended up beating Edward Waters. So I think that's what I picked. Ah, uh, let's see. Yes, you did. Let's yes, you did. go, FMU. Yeah, I mean that was just such a, a weird fucking thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I picked Florida Memorial too because Edward Waters just sounded like a backup name for a character at a Twilight. You know what? Edward Waters sounds like the Confederate Vice General behind Andrew Luck. <laughs> <laughs> General Edward Waters lost in battle to the Great Union leader Andrew Luck. Vice General Edward Waters leading Andrew Locke's troops into battle with the the North, the Union. 
Yeah, he takes up the mantle. He's going to be starting for the Colts next week. It's going to be great. <laughs> I can't. I I can't wait for the Andrew Luck letter that details the loss of Ed, Edward Waters. <laughs> Dearest Josephine, if you ain't Team Edward, fuck you. <laughs> If you ain't team Edward Waters, then fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, we're still here. Yeah, we we've gone off the rails and we appreciate you guys sticking with us. Even if you didn't have a fun time, um we did. And we hope you did too. And we thank you for joining us for this week's rendition of Plaster Negotiations. And again, nothing we said was legally binding. As always, 21 means 21. Designated driver, drink responsibly, be good people, and watch out for those fucking weird-ass goats. On behalf of Ryan Benner and Jeremy Phelps, I'm Mike Stotes saying so long, and we'll see you next week, maybe on a live stream if the fucking program works, but we'll fucking see. What this world needs is a few more rednecks So people ain't afraid to take a stand What this world needs is a little more respect